And uh, I pray that whatever you need, whatever you desire, whatever you came determined for this morning, you'll leave with it in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. amen. I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. I'm going to continue um, on the subject on um, faith, our covenant access. Um, I've been on this for a couple of weeks. If you weren't here uh, the Sunday night as well, you can watch the replay. But it, it's Sunday morning, Sunday night. It's just a continuation on the same subject. So if you have not listened to last Sunday night, uh, go and catch up. Because I, I took the time to talk about the, um, the va how valuable faith is for you and the significance of faith. And so I always said, we're not going to be those people that just a wishing and a hoping that God will do something in our lives. We're going to be the people that understand that God has already given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And the way we have access to these things is through our faith. Say faith. So faith is more than, you know, just the word, like you hear me say all the time, that you, you find written on a frame or on a, a mug uh, from Kirkland's and then just look at it and then just live, live defeated all your life. Faith is, is the, the, the spiritual force in which we can access the things that have already been provided. You see, because uh, there is what faith is not. And for a long time, you know, uh, if, growing up in church, I can say that that was my life. I, I, I went to church. I heard the word, but I, I, was, I never learned how to access the things that God had already given us. It was always, uh, uh, you know, just, just hoping that God will do something for me. Just always looking for that breakthrough. Always living uh, a, a wishing and, and never really obtaining much until I discovered that it's not on God's end for things to happen in my life. He already did his part. Amen. And so it, it was a matter of me understanding and coming to the knowledge of what already belonged to me. And then realizing the way that I access these things that already uh, have been made available to us is through the force of faith. Faith is for receiving. Faith is for producing. And you ought to expect to produce in your life. You, you, you need to live a life that, 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 that in God, that you actually not just talk about how good God is, but you actually see his goodness manifested in your life, manifested in your finances, manifested in your family and your children, in every area of your life. Can I, somebody say amen to that? And so, it, it, because God has equipped us. The Bible says that to every man has been given the measure of faith. So it's not that if I only had faith, you have it. It's just a matter of using it. It's like you have, it, it, you know, if you have a membership, you have it. <laughs> but if, if all you do is have a membership like me, I never use it. <laughs> now I use it now. But it's, a, it, it's a, just an illustration of how we can live our spiritual lives and never see nothing uh, manifest or produce for us. Amen. The Bible says that, that God withholds no good thing, no good thing. So there are good things that are awaiting for your taking. 
No good thing does he withhold from those that walk uprightly. Well, if you're in God, you should be upright. Amen. It's, it's your life. It's righteousness. It's a, your, your position that Christ has given you to be in right standing with God. And, that's a, a, and that life is a life of faith. So there is uh, uh, the value of faith and the significance of faith. Of faith. But I, I got to be careful not to get into all that. But I did share that Sunday night, which I encourage you to go back and listen to it because it's very practical. But it goes with the continuation of this morning. Because it, sometimes we wonder, am I operating in faith? It's important to know that you should know if you are or not. It's not a thing that I, I don't, I hope I'm believing, then you're not. Because when you are, you know. And when you know, you know. Amen. And, and that is a place that we need to get. That we know, that we know, that we know that, that we are operating in faith. So I'm going to help you this morning to, to you know, the Bible says that we need to give ourselves a spiritual checkup. And we should, you know. When you open the Bible, it's like, I'm giving myself a spiritual checkup. It's, one, it's on, the, on a message translation. Uh, I, don't, I can't recall what scripture, but, you know, it, it's, it says examine yourself. And so it's like, you know, you give yourselves a physical checkup to see to it that everything is, you know, functioning the way it should. Uh, well, when in your spiritual life, you should give yourself a spiritual checkup, amen, to see to it that you are operating in the faith. So today I'm going to help you uh, by showing you in the word of the Lord what should your life look like to see to it that you're operating in faith. Amen. Because for a while I thought I was operating in faith growing up in church. Did, did, uh, little did I realize I was operating in religion. Because when you're in religion, what happens is... Uh, you, you, you leave God all the responsibility. If God, if God wants to heal, do it. He knows my number. He knows my address. He knows how much hairs on my head I have, you know? And so, uh, uh, you, you, you leave everything on the Lord and you take no responsibility for yourself. But faith is believing what God has said and has done. And you taking the responsibility to doing your part, which is acting out your faith. Amen. And when we do that, we, we, uh, we uh, uh, commit God's integrity to our life. Because God is not a God that he should lie. The book of Numbers says God is not a God that he should lie. If he said it, he'll do it. If he has spoken it, he'll bring it to pass. The Bible says faithful is he that has called you and also will do it for you. So God, there's no question about it. He's a faithful God. But, but there is to, you know, Dr. Polonucci said something that pierced my, you know, sometimes you hear something that gets you like, anybody know what I'm talking about? And then there's things you hear and it's like, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> but then there's those things that you hear and it's like, oh, that was so good. I pray you get one of those, uh, this morning. <laughs> and so he said, that whenever you minister a word that doesn't place a responsibility on the hearer, it's an it's a irresponsible word. So if I minister to you and it, and it puts no responsibility on your end to act, he says you shared an irresponsible word. He says, but when you share the word of the Lord, he says it should always challenge the people. And put a responsibility on the people 
leaving out of here like, man, I got to I got to do something. You know what I'm saying? I got to do my part. And so I pray that today's word will put responsibility on your end. But when you when you obey it, that, that's the beauty of it. Because when you obey it, it's it, you're obeying it with a confidence and knowing that I, I, I'm doing the will of God. And, and that commits God's integrity to my life. God will do what God said he will do. And that puts joy on the inside of you, a confidence on the inside of you. You know, that, that it's just a matter of time. It's not a question if God it's, it's, I already know it. I already see it. It's already done. Hallelujah. I heard what God said, and I see what God has done. Glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. And so, so I want to, you know, last week I shared with you on, um, you know, three different things that um, would would give you a stand, will give your faith a stand where it will produce. So the first thing I, I ministered to you was that to know and recognize that God is willing. Amen. God is willing. Then the next thing was that God is able. Amen. The third one is that God is ready because God is a God of the now. You can receive today what you came for. Today can be your day of settlement if you had not settled it. I know last Sunday was a Sunday of settlement. Today is a day of settlement as well. If, there are, if you're here this morning and there are things that are not settled in your life, you can settle them with God today. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so then we understand that God is willing, God is able, God is ready. Now, what, what should my faith look like? Amen. And so I know I told you to turn to Hebrews, but... Let me change it. Go to 2 Corinthians. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And then I'm going. Is there a 13? Yeah, there is. Okay. I'm like, help me, Jesus. <laughs> Well, yeah, so what are the proofs that, you're, that you have faith? It's important because most, most, most uh, uh, people think they're operating in faith, and they're not. But that's not going to be your portion, amen. What makes one know that you are walking or operating in faith? How do I know I have faith? You may ask. I'm going to help you this morning. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, um, glory to God, verse 5, it says, examine yourselves. There it, there it is. Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Amen. Or in the NLT, it says, examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Let me see what the Amplified says. Hallelujah. 
Yep, the Amplifier says, test and evaluate yourself to see whether you are in the faith and living your lives as committed believers. Examine yourselves, not me. Wow, okay. So, stop checking everybody else out. <laughs> Check yourself for your records. No, just kidding. The Amplified Classic says, examine and test and evaluate your own selves to see whether you are holding to your faith and showing the proper fruits of it. Wow, look at that. This, this is simple but powerful, right? Because nobody's here wasting time. Anybody here because you don't have nowhere else to go? No, you're here because you came to receive from the Lord. You might be here because somebody invited you or you felt obligated, but let me tell you, God has the word for you today. Hallelujah. Test and prove yourselves, not Christ. So it's not on God's end, it's on our end. Amen. And so examine yourselves, test yourself, whether you be in the faith, prove your own self. So this means it is possible to know when one is operating in faith. What kind of faith? Faith that I already took the time to explain the last couple of weeks. Faith that produces, faith that will change your story. Faith that will rewrite your story. Faith that no matter where you're at or what has taken place in your life, your faith in God will cause God to rewrite your story in the mighty name of Jesus. Will change your outcome. Will turn things around. Will cause the super to attach to your natural and give you supernatural results. Your faith that will cause the power of God to intervene in your situation. And whatever man has told you, whatever report has been given to you, it'll be turned around for your good. Faith that produces. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If you came for that faith this morning, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. Faith is power, you know. It's, it's, it's to receive, to produce. To, this is the, these next half, the, the next half of this year is going to be your most productive year in the mighty name of Jesus. Your most profitable moments these next couple of six months. And it's going to be a result of your trust in God. Hallelujah. Some of you are already experiencing that at, at next level. Hallelujah. With your families, with your businesses, in your marriages, in your health, in every area of your life. Glory be to God. So what then is, is it, um, what is the proof that faith is at work in you? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is for results. And you can tell where there is faith in you or not. Amen. Faith is for results. The Bible says in, in Hebrews 11 that by their faith, they obtain a good report. By your faith in the name of Jesus, you will obtain a good report. Hallelujah. The Bible also tells us 
What's that scripture I was reading? I think it was in Hebrews, uh, 11, Hebrews 6, I think. Let me, let, me, let me check that out. Hebrews 6. Yeah, yeah. In Hebrews 6, 12, it says that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promise. Amen. We can read in, in Hebrews 11, 1 through 12, and so on, uh, of the great exploits that the man and woman of God did through their faith in God. So number one, what then is the proof of authentic faith? Faith, are you ready? Number one is patience. Amen. Is patience. Say patience. One of the proofs of authentic faith is patience. This is made very clear in Hebrews 11, 7. Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 7, that says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. That is a reverend my husband spoke to the fathers about this morning. He was moved with God, godly fear, godly reverence, that it resulted out of his relationship with God. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his house, household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Well, we can see that, you know, when God spoke to Noah about building an ark, number one, it never rained. So, imagine that. It never rained back then. Back then, the, 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 the ground was watered through under the, 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 the underground. The water would come from underground or the mist or whatever. But there had never been rain up to that point. But one thing that Noah uh, uh, knew was the, wo the voice of God. And he loved God. He reverenced God. And God found him to be the only righteous in that land and spoke to him and told him to build an ark. What, what was the proof that Abraham believed and trusted God? That he built the ark. Are you with me? So, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but your faith has to have action. You can say, I believe, I believe, but you never put no action to your faith. The Bible says that even the demons believe and they tremble. So believing in God is not enough. You, your belief has to drive you to obedience, to acting out the word of God. Amen. And so then, you know, it was, you know um, Noah was, was building the ark, preaching the gospel, you know, telling everybody, can you imagine it never rained? Here's this man building this huge ark. And, 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 and uh, I'm sure people looked at him like they're crazy. You know, everybody was going about their business. And, uh, and here he is building a boat to, to try to save everybody. 
But nobody would listen except his, I think it was eight of them that, that, that God saved him and his sons and the, the, the wives. But um, that took a lot of patience. Woo. Hello? Because it wasn't until after, a, I believe, a hundred years that the boat was built. So patience, say patience, uh, was proven in his life. Hebrews 6.12 says that ye be, I read it to you, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promise. So when you're operating in faith, one of the proofs is that you're going to have patience. You're going to have consistency. Amen. I, I feel like the greatest definition of patience uh, it, 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 it is, is staying consistent. Constant, consistent, the same, no matter what. My faith is in God. I know what God told me to do. I know what he said. I can see what he's done. And, 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 and patience is a proof that you're operating in faith. No matter if they're talking about you, no matter if the circumstance is right or not right, no matter if it's raining, no matter if the sun is shining, no matter if, you know, people that are supposed to be with you are with you or they're not with you, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to stay consistent in building what God told you to do. And that's a proof that you're operating in faith. Many people quit. They, they, they have faith until the, the, the you know, uh, it gets tough or uh, until it, it doesn't look like they thought it would look like. And, and so, but, 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 you know, uh, your faith in God, uh, one of the proofs is your patience, your consistency. And the more you practice it, the stronger you get at it. Amen. So faith and patience, I like what uh, Brother Copeland calls them. He calls faith and patience the power twins. Because, you know, you can have all the faith. But if you don't have not developed the consistency to remain constantly the same, uh, um, uh, patient, being patient is not waiting on God. If you don't, if, 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 if your definition of waiting is anything other than serving God. Some of you got that. But, you know, waiting on God, the definition on waiting on God is serving God. It's not sitting down until God moves. No, God already moved big time. He sent Jesus to die for you. Amen. He sent you the Holy Ghost. He sent you his word. He sent you angels. He sent you the, he gave you the name, legal right to the name that is above all names. Hallelujah. He gave you the blood of Jesus. And, and you're waiting on him. What you waiting for? Get on up. Get on. Look at your neighbor and say, get on up. You, you, you sat there long enough waiting on God. God is waiting on you. Look at your neighbor and say, God is waiting on you. You waiting for God to move. He's waiting for you to move. Get on up. And, and, and so, but that's, that's, you know, people do that. I'm waiting on the Lord. You know, you got to be like the four lepers. Why sit we here and die? And they would have. But they rose up and they started marching. And when they did, that's when God began to move for them. When they started moving is when God stopped moving for them. And, you know, God, as soon as they started marching, the Bible says that God began to cause confusion in the enemy's camp. 
You know, sitting there doesn't do anything. Getting up and activating your faith and serving the Lord and being consistent. You best believe something. God is working it out for you. As you're moving, it's like when you're moving, you're giving God something to work with. You're giving him a vessel for him to fill. It's like that widow. She had her husband died. She had a debt to pay. The debt, the, the collectors were going to come and take her sons. And the man of God says, you know, go get some, uh, um, some, some vessels. Come and fill them with water. And then when you pour them out, uh, oil is going to come out. And then you're going to go sell it. And, and, and you're going to get that money to pay your debt off. You know, she could have sat at home and said, no, I'm waiting for my breakthrough. No, I'm waiting for God to come. You know, she got up and did something. And when she did that, she gave God something to work with. I see you doing that. I see you giving God something to work with. And he will work it out for you. Hallelujah. She paid her debt and lived for the rest of their days with that. Hallelujah. So faith and patience always work together. A proof that... You're operating in genuine faith is your patience, your consistency. Amen. Your consistency. Glory to God. The example number two, we can read in the, uh, in the life of Abraham in Hebrews 6, verses 13 to 15, where it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely in blessing, I will bless you and multiplying. I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, listen to that. After he had patiently endured, the Bible says that he obtained the promise. I see up you obtaining your promise in the mighty name of Jesus because you're not quitting. You're not throwing in the towel. You're not going to get tired of doing what is right. Hallelujah. You're going to continue in the faith. Continue strong in the faith. Amen. It says that even our, our Abraham, the Bible says that God has spoken a word to him. I will bless you, multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. So patience, it's always a companion of faith. Faith without patience will result in you casting your confidence away. Your confidence in your, is your trust in God. And the Bible says, don't fling away, therefore, your confident trust in God. For it will bring you a great recompense of reward. Hallelujah. So you got to see to it. I'm not Throwing my confidence away. I know what God has said. I know what I read in his word. I know that's my portion. I know God's word is true and everything else will be a lie. And I'm not going to move or let nothing move me until I see the manifestation of God's word in my life. If that's going to be you, say hallelujah. Your confident trust in God is what is going to bring you a great recompense of reward. You see, we have a responsibility. Are you with me? We have a responsibility to, to play, which is taking God at his word, developing ourselves. We got to take the responsibility to develop ourselves. Amen. And understand, without God, I can't do nothing. 
but with him I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. So faith without patience will result in you casting away your confidence away. But the Bible says, he that believe it, thee shall not make haste. In Isaiah 28, verse 16. He that believe it shall not make haste. Not everybody waits in patience. And most people become victims of their own anxiety. The Bible also tells us about that. It tells us be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about nothing. Oh, well, Pastor Andy, it's easy for you to say. Well, it, you know, when I surrender my life to the Lord and I begin to grow in these things, you know, we, we I don't know, but most people grow up and they learn how to worry. And they're, they're trained how to worry. And a lot of times you confuse worrying about something with your caring about something. You know, you're like, you're worried and, and, and full of anxious, you know, towards something or someone. And, that, and, and if you don't worry about somebody, it means that you're, 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 um, you're careless or you don't care about them. Because you're not worried about them. You're not constantly thinking about them. You're not there to their aid immediately. And that's how we grew up. If something happened, the whole family flocked. <laughs> If somebody went to the hospital, we were like all camping in the waiting room. <laughs> Doing nothing, just like nothing. That's what we did. We didn't even know. We were just in the, in the why? And then we never done us. Why are we all here? <laughs> like, and we, you know, we, we're the Brady Bunch. It's like, you know, or if something happened, we all ran. Ran. And it was everything driven out of fear. Everything driven. Nothing, that doesn't change anything. You're better off just giving it to the Lord and praying. But, but you know, people will hold you accountable because, oh, you don't care? Oh, you don't care. You didn't show up. You didn't, oh, you know. And you know what? You, you rather, you know, if you care you, and you know you care, that's all that matters. But if you have to prove to people, you know, operating in fear, then you don't do them any good and do you don't do yourself any good. And so... I say this to say that when, you know, the Bible says be anxious for nothing, say nothing. But through prayer and supplication, make your request unto God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will garrison you, will protect you, will guard you. The peace of God will guard you. And, you know, the Bible also says to cast the whole of your cares upon him. Because Peter said that cast the whole of your care upon him because he cares for you watchfully and affectionately. Do you believe God cares for you? Do you believe, well, let me ask that again because I don't, do you believe God cares for you? Do you believe that when you give something over to him that he's taking care of it for you? He is, you know. And so, so uh, you know, I, 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 this, all this, you know, by my faith in God and, and through revelation and through light had, began to become a reality in my life. And, and so I started realizing I'm operating in fear. I'm, I'm worrying without thinking that I'm worrying and I realize I don't even have peace you know uh, and, and so I I, I I remember I remember that you know put in action to your faith and, and it meant you know doing things uh, the, uh, the God's way of doing things and so I remember when this became a, a revelation to me I, I began to train my, my uh, you know to activate this truth in my life and to tr 
train myself. Because you have to do that. You know, if, if fear comes, deal with it immediately. No, I've not been given the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. If, if I started to worry about something, I realize if I don't get rid of this fear or worry, it's going to deal with me. And so I had to immediately, any time that anything began to become a, 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 a care or a burden or a worry, a, a, a heaviness, I, I, I knew what would be the outcome of that. And I would, I, you can't operate in faith and in doubt at the same time. And if you want to see God manifest in your life, you have to choose faith. And you have to resist everything contrary. Are you with me? Somebody, did I hear somebody say, oh, this is too much, Pastor Sandy? Well, no, because God's grace is upon you to empower you to do even what seems difficult. Do you believe that? And so I began to say, you know what? I'm not running. And my flesh, you need to run. As far as like if, if there was like an emergency or what people consider emergency. I'm not going to run to the hospital. And I remember like, like learning uh, with the help of God to cast away every anxiety, every fear, and give it to God. What is that scripture? Cast all your cares upon God. First uh, Peter 5, 7. First Peter 5, 7. Read that in the Amplified. Well, you know what? Why don't you put it here in the Amplified? This was one of the scriptures that I hang on to because I, I realized I, I refuse to be burdened down. I refuse to walk with the care because if I have it, God doesn't have it. And if God doesn't have it, he's, I'm holding on to it. And I don't, I'm not God. I can't fix anything. And if he said to give it to him, why am I carrying, why am I losing sleep? Why am I like, so it says casting all your cares, how many? All your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all. On him. God says, give it to me. Why am I losing sleep? Why am I burdened down? Why am I full of anxiety? Give it to him. To cast. It's like you cast that fishing rail. You cast it. But the difference is, throw the whole rail in the ocean. <laughs> You're not going to, most people reel it back in. They're in. They come to church, they draw, leave it at the altar, and as soon as they leave, they reel it in. Got it. Cast it upon him, for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So next time, try, tell yourself with the help of the Spirit of God within you, okay, this is a concern. God, in the name of Jesus, your word says in 1 Peter 5, 7, to give you the whole of my cares. I, I, this is a concern to me. And, and Acknowledge it. Don't like, I'm not worried about nothing. It's a fact this is going on, God, and I realize that. But I'm going to give it to you because your word says to cast it upon you. So I refuse to go around thinking about it. I refuse to be burdened down about it. I'm not going to lose sleep. I'm going to go to bed. And, and then you got to tell your mind, shut up. Because you can be asleep with your eyes closed and then you're like awake right here. No, in the name of Jesus. You give your beloved sweet sleep, the Bible says. I'm going to bed 
And, I, and you said you care about me and you watchful over me, and I thank you that you're working it out for my good. All things work together for good for those that love you and are called according to your purpose. I thank you, Lord. This is not my care anymore. And then if, if, if the thought comes, no, I'm not worrying about it anymore. God is, taking, God is doing it for me. This will liberate you. This will help you. Somebody needs to grab this this morning so you can go to rest. And so I remember one night, is it a little warm in here? Huh? It's hot? You said I'm hot? No, just kidding. That's my husband. We're going to be 27 years married. But we've been actually together, we'll make, since 1993, almost 30 years. I was at MacArthur High School, running cross country, jogging on Aldine Melorad by the library. And I like her. And then George is passing. As soon as I'm running outside, he's passing with his Cadillac and, like, dropped out of school and all that. But bien. And then he's like, just get out of school. I'll, I'll teach you mathematics. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, y'all. I'm just making y'all laugh. But glory to God. He's been my, 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 my everything for after Jesus for almost 30 years. Give the Lord some praise. What did I say all that? I don't know. I don't know why I said that. Oh, because it was hot in here. Okay. So anyways, I <laughs> It's a blessing. Amen. You will hit 30 years together with your, with your, in your marriage in the name of Jesus. Long-term blessed marriages. If you receive that, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Guess this, old, trying to love your wife, love your husband. Don't miss next marriage class. <laughs> Praise God. Glory to God. So I remember I was laying down and, uh, we got a phone call about an emergency. Something happened to a family member. And, and, and listen, follow peace. Amen. It doesn't mean if you go to the hospital or anything like that that you're, you're sinning or anything. Like that. But follow peace. Don't be uh, fear-driven, anxiety-driven. Follow peace. Amen. But I'm just telling you what, how we were. You know, maybe you're not like that. And great. But I was. And so the Lord had to deal with me and teach me these things. And so... Um, I remember that we got a phone call and something had happened and uh, I was asleep and it was like, it was like close to midnight. And I said, they're like, you're coming. Everybody's going to the hospital. We're on our way to the hospital. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm going to bed. And so I lay down and then inside of me, I said, father, Am I doing what is right? I was like, Lord, does, this, does it mean that I don't care? Because I know I do. Does it mean that, you know, it's, a, it's you know, I, I feel peace. Like, I feel total peace. I feel total peace. Amen. And the Lord said, that's how I want you to be. The Lord said, this is the peace that I, that I, I've, I have for you. This is the peace that I've been wanting you to enter into. 
to trust me and know that it, everything is going to be okay. You're good. And I just turned my head and went to bed. And sure enough, everything was good. And the difference between uh, me and everybody else is that I woke up rested to the good news. Everybody else was tired and cranky. <laughs> so I, I, I hope that has helped somebody because, you know, uh, 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 we, you know, a lot of times we can be thinking that we're acting in faith, but we're not. We're acting in fear. We're acting uh, uh, driven by anxiety. And, and anytime you do anything like that or anything under pressure, it's not faith and it's not God. There always has to be peace. Amen. There always has to be inner peace. And so um, let, let's continue. It says, but he, the Bible says that he that believe it, uh, thee shall not make haste. So not everybody waits in patience. Most people are victims of anxiety. They say to themselves, if it, if it will happen, it would have happened by now. You hear? You're walking in faith, but then you think, if it would have happened, it already should have happened. Ever been there? And so, or, or have not even received it. Or are moved by time. Or, you know, you feel like, I've been waiting, but man, it, it, nothing has, has happened. Well, that's not patience. That's not being consistent. Patience is stable while waiting. Patience is stable while serving. Amen. Patience is waiting without any anxiety. Now, if anxiety tries to come, get rid of it immediately. Amen. Don't let it overtake you. The Bible says that he that believe it, thee shall not make haste. Isaiah 28, 16. What does uh, shall not make haste means? It means that uh, uh, that individual will not be stricken with panic or make a move because they're panicking. And so it's important to know that if, 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 if uh, you're operating in faith and then there's patience, that's, there's being stable while you're serving, amen. Hallelujah. Did that help somebody? Okay. So number two, what is the, the proof number two is dedication. Dedication to what? Dedication to the Lord. Authentic faith, and that's what I'm talking to you, not a religious faith, not a weak faith, but a spiritual force that is drawn from the living word for living proof to produce in your life. Authentic faith empowers the believer to be rooted and grounded in God. Say rooted and grounded. Say rooted and grounded. So a real faith empowers the believer. How many believers are here this morning? Uh, 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 empowers you to be rooted and grounded in God. Amen. You're not moved. There you go again. The Bible tells us in the book of Job, chapter 2, verse 9, you can just write it down. I'll read it to you. It said, then, then said his wife unto him. Who told him? His wife. Said his wife unto him. Do you still retain your integrity? Are you still keeping your integrity in God? And then she said, curse God and die. His own wife, because of the things that Job was going through, his wife, and, and Job, you know, stay consistent in, in serving the Lord. And, and, and he never cursed God. He never, he stayed consistent 
in, 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 in declaring God, uh, God and the goodness of God. But his wife, on the other hand, would look at him just like some people might be telling you. Look, you've been going to church for so long, and what has that done for you? You know, some of your hater relatives maybe. <laughs> or friends or whatever. But I'm going to tell you, let your faith cause you to stay dedicated because what God has for you is greater than you could even imagine or get for yourself. If you believe that, say amen. Hallelujah. Do you still retain your integrity? Somebody shout yes. And that's what he did. Job was like, you, you talk like a foolish woman. He rebuked her. He didn't receive her words. He said, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my integrity before God. Never forget what God has done in your life. And, and then your testimony, take it as a prophetic word for your future. If God did it once, God will do it again. And what God has done already in my life has been so good, but I know that it doesn't even compare to what lies ahead. Because the God that I serve, he's a big God. He's a faithful God. He's El Shaddai, glory to God. If you believe that, say amen. Job said, you must, you talk like a foolish woman. Hush up. And then in chapter 13, verse 15, Job said, though he slayed me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain my own ways before me. You know what that is? Love. That's a proof that I love God. I'm not moving from here. My integrity before God will remain no matter what happens in my life. Hallelujah. Whew. Somebody's getting to that level this morning. Hallelujah. So uh, genuine faith, authentic faith is proved by undying dedication to God. Not to circumstance, not to things, but to God. Though you slay me, I will trust him. But I will maintain my own ways before him. Somebody say that's dedication. What happened in the life of the three young Hebrews? Shadrach, Meshach, and the billy goat. I mean, Abednego. <laughs> they were threatened. If you don't bow down and worship the statue, we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. That's what they told them. But these young men had an undying dedication to their God. Hallelujah. And this dedication was a proof of their faith. What about yours? If they tell you to bow, are you going to bow? Or you're going to say like they did. They told them you must bow. Government official. The king, the president, when the, the, the music sounds, you got everyone must bow their knee to the statue. What are you going to do? We got to use wisdom and bend the knee. Do it for <sighs> somebody say undying dedication. And they said, 
Our God is able to deliver us. This is what they said. They said, our God is able to deliver us. And then they said this, and he will deliver us. And then they took it to another level. Even if he doesn't, we would rather die than bow. You know, I was studying this, and I was studying, I, I believe it was Bishop Oidepo, and he was talking about the trinity of faith, which is hope, faith, and love. He says, when you connect those three together, you're bound to see God's glory in your life. And, and this one was a, an example of it. They were told to bow, and they said, we will not. Our God is able to deliver us. He said, that was hope. Our God is able to deliver us. And then they said, and he will deliver us. That was faith. Hope is for the future. Faith is for the now. And then they said, even if he doesn't, we would rather die than bow. He said, that's love. That's love. They had hope. They call their hope into the now. And then love is what caused them to remain, to stay dedicated to the Lord no matter what happens. I see you these next six months of 2023 having an undying dedication to the things of God that no matter what happens, your faith in God will settle you that it doesn't matter that you're not going to be moved. If that's going to be you, say hallelujah. That was powerful. Amen. And what happened? God delivered them. God delivered them. Did he or did he not? The, the Bible says that when they were thrown in the fiery furnace, even the king said, I see a fourth man likened unto the son of God. They went and bound foot and feet and, 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 and hands, and they threw them, and they, they said, turn up the heat even more, so much that the soldier, one of their strongest soldiers, when he went to turn it up, he ended up being consumed by the flames. But when they threw in the, these, these young men of God in there with undying dedication, the Bible says that the, the, the king looked over and said, I see three men walking and one likened unto the Son of God. They were walking. And the Bible says that when they brought them out, not even one hair in their heads, not even their clothes smelled like smoke. Can I tell you something? The Bible says, though you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Though you walk through the waters, you will not drown. Though the wind blows, you will not be blown away. People of faith don't avoid things. They confront things knowing that if I go through the fire, I know who's going to meet me in the fire. That's why people of faith, they're not cowards. They're not quitters. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and I will fear no evil. Why? Why? Because people of faith know my God is with me. We don't run from things. We don't just bow. We don't just sit. We're not ducks to just, when they're playing duck, duck, sit down. Okay, yeah, what is that? We're men and women of God. We serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's given us a spiritual power that is called faith that when we activate it, we see great things take place in our lives. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Too many, you know, people, they claim to have faith, but as soon as the tough gets going, they get going. What is that? The Bible says, unwake yourself under the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The last time the devil had you on the run, harassing you, threatening you, making you run. Today that comes to an end in the mighty name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, ¿Qué es eso? What is that? That's not for the people of God. You know our greatest enemy is not the devil. Our greatest enemy is our own ignorance, our own lack of knowledge. God said, my people are destroyed, not by the devil. He's a defeated foe. Jesus Christ stripped him of his power and gave the church all power, all authority in heaven and earth. My people are destroyed by, for lack of knowledge. He says, because they don't know me, they are separated from me. So the moment, you know, faith begins where the will of God is known. So the moment you start gaining knowledge of how awesome God is, the things that he's done, what he's given you, what belongs to you, knowing who you are, learning, knowing who you are in Christ is the greatest threat to the devil. Because once you know who you are, it's over. It's over. You rise up in authority in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You'll hear demons say, uh, uh, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Uh, 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 Frankie, I know. But who are you? He'll know. Demons know you. Remember the seven sons of Sceva? They came and they tried to cast out demons in the name of whom Paul preaches. In the name of whom Paul, you know, you got to get to the point where you hear me say these things, but it's, it, you get it, right? But then get them from God directly. Amen. Meditate on it until you know this word is, you know. It, 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 you know, they try to cast out demons. It, uh, uh, come out in the, in the, in the name of, 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 of Jesus whom Paul serves, and, and, you know, and then, and then they retort it. The demons retort it. The demons that were in that man, they said, Paul we know, Jesus we know, but who are you? Whip that man, strip them naked, and send them running. But that's not going to be your story. Because you're going to continue to grow in who you are in Christ. And you're going to rise up in your authority. Hallelujah. And you're going you're to put an end to every attack of the enemy, every harassment of the enemy, every repetitive cycle of failure in your life. And you're going to rise up and take authority over your home, over your children, over your finances, over your health. And you're going to declare in the name of Jesus Christ what God says. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. God deliver them because they believe and trusted in him. Isn't that wonderful? And then in Daniel 3.28, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. How many trust in the Lord? 
Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Blessed be the God of Cheyenne, Frankie, and their friends here. For God sent the Holy Spirit to deliver them because they trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any God except their own God. It pays to serve God. It pays to not compromise the word of God. It pays to not bow to anything but the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And I see your reward for standing in, in undying dedication unto the Lord will be seen in you and received by you in these coming months in the mighty name of Jesus. That word was given over us this past weekend by a great man of God. He said the reward for not bowing is yet to come to you. I said... Praise the Lord. I received that, Lord, because I was like, hello, where we are? The reward for not compromising and not bound is still yet to come. Can you imagine if God's been so good already, what that's going to look like? If you receive that for yourself, say amen. Because you've been standing. You've been dedicated. You didn't quit. Hallelujah. There's a reward coming your way. If you believe that, say amen. And, and, and other, other words that the Lord spoke to us, but anyways, you'll see it. Hallelujah. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. God is a faithful God. Amen. If you if you if you if you if your faith gets to a point of undying dedication, then you're you're bound to see the manifestation of God's goodness over your life. Amen. God is not withholding. No good thing does He withhold from those that walk uprightly. Amen. So there are good things that 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 God has prepared for you, and your faith in Him allows the release of those things into your life. If you believe that, say amen. They trusted in God. They trusted in God. Amen. And the, the proof of it was their dedication. They didn't back down. They didn't compromise. You, God sees that. Amen. God sees you. He's seen you standing. He's seen you not quitting. Glory to God. So unreserved dedication, unreserved that means complete dedication. Serving God with no reservations. Throwing yourself completely. Amen. Is one of the proofs of an authentic faith. That is what he does or does not do doesn't affect you. If he, I know my God is able, but if, and he will save us. But even if he doesn't, we're not bowing. Dedication doesn't get moved. If God does this or if he doesn't do it, you know he will, but you don't settle it. Compromising and backing out is not even a thing. I'm going to stand right here. If it means going home to be with the Lord, I'm going home to be with the Lord. Woo! 
You know, in the book of Revelation, it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Well, it doesn't end there. Then they said, and they love their lives not unto death. You know, who gave you life? Jesus. He's the giver of life. You're only alive because of him. You're only free because of him. You're only not where you should have been because of him. How many of you can't say that if it hadn't been for the hand of God, you would have been dead, incarcerated, overdosed, messed up, long gone. But you know it's because of the grace of God, the mercy of God upon your life that you're here. And you owe it all to him. Can somebody say hallelujah? He's worthy of all honor. He's worthy of our dedication. He's worthy of our consistency. He's worthy. Hallelujah. He's the, he holds the word of life. He's the giver of life. He holds the word of life. To where would we go? Like they told the Jesus when Jesus was speaking harsh. Sometimes the word of God is harsh or it sounds harsh. Because it's not just for edifying. It's not just for making you feel good. It also corrects you, rebukes you. It shows you what is wrong, but, you know, the flesh doesn't want to hear. They only wanna, it only want to hear good things. But if, if, if it corrects you, it's for your own good, and you need to be open to it. And when Jesus was, sounded harsh, what he was talking about, the Bible says that some of his disciples left his company. They walked away from him. So people do walk away. Because they think it's too much or this doesn't make sense or, you know, I don't understand this. If you don't understand, like Pastor Jesus always says, put it on the shelf. God will help you. Amen. But, but you know, and then the other ones were like, I'm sure they thought the same thing. They're like, some walked away from Jesus and Jesus went, are y'all two going to leave my company? Are you going to get going too? And I'm sure they, they were... <laughs> All they said was, Jesus, to where would we go? They don't made up their mind. They were convinced. Going back there is nothing for me. We know what's back there. You got to be so disgusted with your past. You got to be so dead to your past that it's like, where, am I, where would I go? I'm sure they thought, the, I'm sure, the Bible doesn't say that, but I'm sure they thought that what Jesus was saying was probably a little strange, you know, didn't make sense or a little harsh, but some walked away and others stood there. And they said, to where? Jesus, you hold the words of life. He does hold the words of life. Hallelujah. 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 We owe it all to him. We owe it all to him. It's only by his mercy and his grace that we're still here. And the beautiful thing about it is that with God, it never stops. It just gets better. Whoever told you that serving God is boring, whoever told you that serving God, it, it's a, it's a it, you know, serving God is not for the weak. It's not for punks. And it's not for dead fish. Because serving God is not just going with the flow of the world. And only dead fish go with the flow. The only flow we go by is the flow of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But serving God, it takes courage. It's a command to be courageous. It's a command to be strong. It, it takes nothing to be out there in the world. Nothing. 
It takes nothing to be a, it's a, it's a rough life. It is. Give your life to Jesus. It'll be tough sometimes, but he gives you his strength. He empowers you to overcome. Glory to God. And he promised you victory every time. Defeat is not even scriptural for the believer. It's scriptural to be challenged. You will go through some challenges, but you were going through them and failing through them out there. But here in Christ, you'll have challenges, but you can have the victory every time. Because it's scriptural to, to be challenged, but it's unscriptural to be defeated. Amen. <laughs> Glory be to God. That's why dedication is a proof of genuine faith. I'm not bowing. I'm not moving. Unreserved dedication is one proof of authentic faith. That is um, what he, that is, if, if he does it, if he doesn't, it's not going to affect my service unto God. But you know he'll do it. It's just getting to that point of love. Of, of loving him with everything. Amen. God is your heavenly father, and he loves his children. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk with unreserved dedication. He's a good, good father. He'll help you. He'll give you his wisdom. He'll, he'll help you. He'll make a way of escape every time. For every temptation, the Bible says that he, he's given you a way out. Amen. Hallelujah. True dedication is a proof of authentic faith. You hear these testimonies. You know, it, 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 I just, I, I, I kept at it. I kept serving God, even when things were not right. And, and even when every, all hell looked like it was breaking loose over my life, I kept serving God. I stayed consistent. I stayed committed. I kept my dedication before him. You know, I kept showing up. I kept praising him. And, and, and then these same people, you see them. You know, some, you know, most of them you can't tell. Because people of faith are not. Vic, victims do that. But victors don't do that. Victims love attention. They like you to know, I'm not doing good. Or I'm going through something. Now, now if you need to talk to somebody, great. Get somebody that is going to help you. But I'm talking about, you know, uh, 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 looking for that, always that, that sympathy or, 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 you know, you're operating on, you know who I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Operating in the flesh that you, you want to let people know something is not right. But you claim to be walking in faith. And, and it's like, but, but there's people that they're going through stuff and you can't even tell. And then before you know it, they'll testify. This was going on. And man, at, at, a, at a point, it seemed like, what was, I didn't even know what, what I was going to do. But I kept trusting God. I kept my dedication. And, you know, and then God showed up in such a way that I never imagined. Hallelujah. You just heard my sister here. You know, she testified publicly on, 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 on Sunday night. And, and, and she was, you know, she she's, has this patience, dedicated, and, and, and just kept, you know, her, her, her commitment to the Lord, uh, never wondered, where is so-and-so at? Never. And, and yet, going through some things. 
But yet, the whole time, little did she know that God was working something behind the scene. All of a sudden, somewhere down, there was an inheritance for her. For years, they've been trying to look for her. While she's out here serving the Lord, having radical dedication, somebody's looking for her because there's a check out there for, for 40 plus thousand dollars. You know that. <laughs> That's just one of them. God will take care of you. 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 I said, God will take care of you. I want the worship team to come up here. Let me just finish this second point, and I'll continue tonight. They said to Daniel, this is an example. They said to Daniel, you will not pray to any other God. You can read it in Daniel 6, 23. You will not pray to any other God except the king. Otherwise, you will be cast into the lion's den. Daniel basically said, do what you got to do. You know, Daniel, this is what helped me through the whole COVID thing. When they told us that we had to shut down the church. Daniel chapter 6 helped me because when they ordered that decree uh, in Daniel's time, they came to him and said, you can no longer worship uh, your God. You have to worship the king here. And the Bible says that Daniel went to his home after he was told this. He went to his home, and the Bible specifically says that he did as he always had done. That's undying dedication. He did as he always had done, went to his upper room, opened the windows, and bowed down and prayed to his God as he always did. Well, it, it got him into the lion's den. It got into the lion's den, but you know, guess who met him there? Get who met him? Guess who met him in the lion's den? In Daniel 6:23, now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed in his God. That will be your story. When you stand for God, God will stand for you. The Bible says that God delivered him because he believed in him. Now, you, we can see that their faith was not just talk, talk. It was a walk, walk faith. Amen. It wasn't just a lot of talk. They truly believed who God was. They truly believed that God would do what God said he would do. And they kept their consistency in him. They stayed dedicated before him. And every time God demonstrated his awesome power and made them a sign and a wonder. I'm telling you, as you keep your patience and your commitment before God and your dedication, God will make you a sign and a wonder, not just to your generation, but to those around you, your family members. You know, your victories are not just for you. Those are, they're for those that are around you. Somebody is waiting to see God do something in you, and they'll receive hope that God could do it for them as well. Your victory will be somebody else's victory. 
Your advancement will be somebody else's advancement. Let God use you as a display as you remain dedicated unto him so that he can show himself strong on your behalf and you could be a witness that you serve the living God. If that's going to be you, I want you to shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Romans 3 verse 4 says, let God be true and all men be liars or everyone else a liar. That's faith. Let God be true and every, everyone else a liar. It doesn't matter what is happening. God is true. That's faith. It doesn't matter what is happening. God's word is true. When you get to that point in your faith, you have committed God's integrity to perform for you. And he will. Say he will. How many of you believe he will? One more. Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19 says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise offered up his own begotten son, of whom it was said, And Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Faith people are not moved by things or people. They are moved by God. Can I say that again? Faith people are not moved by circumstance or people. They are moved by God. That's why get the word of God so much in you that it's the main thing that moves you. Amen. Not the doctor's report. Not what people have said about you. Not the reports that you've gotten somewhere else. But what God has said. Let the word of God be the only thing that shakes you and moves you in the mighty name of Jesus. If you're the type of person that you're down today or you're up today and down tomorrow, you need to check your faith. Amen. If you're up one day, down the next, check your faith. Give yourself a spiritual checkup. Your faith needs attention. Amen. And you need to give it the attention it needs if you're expecting to see the delivery of the things that you have believed the Lord. Amen. You're, you know, people of faith are not up one day and down the next. They're up and up. The Bible says that the just uh, uh, will go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, strength to strength, and victory to victory. Your faith in God will put a stop to a life of ups and downs. Going forward for a little bit and then going backwards. Doing good for a little bit and then doing bad. Serving God enthusiastically and then being discouraged. Your faith in God in the name of Jesus in these next couple of months as you activate yourself on it and grow in it is going to take you to a place of undying dedication and patience. And it's going to put an end that the last time you went forward and then backwards comes to an end in the mighty name of Jesus. I see you going forward only and never backwards. I got tired of that life. You're, you know, surrender yourself. You need to enjoy life. But you need to make up your mind that you're only going to go forward and the only way is going to be with God. We missed out in life a lot through our 30 years because the first seven, we, God wasn't at the center of it. We went to church. We did. But we, weren't, we didn't take the responsibility to build ourselves and activate our faith like I'm telling you today. But the moment that we did, my God, 
It's another level. And I see you going to another level in your marriage, in your relationships, in your finances, in your health, through your faith in God. If that's going to be you, say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on, if you receive something this morning, I want you to give the Lord some praise. Glory be to God.